Hi, Julie. Hi, Christine. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm good. Yay. Yeah, well, it's, it's a beautiful weekend. It's beautiful weather. Wonderful weekend. It's so lovely. We deserve this nice weather. I did. Uh, oh, I think this is another 80 years old, maybe. Oh, I did another thing that Christine does a lot, which is makes plan to go makes plans to go do something and realizes it's actually the wrong day. Oh, you do do that a lot. I have gone on no less than three vacations where I had the day wrong that I was leaving said Airbnb. I looked down, you know, the morning we're supposed to leave and I don't know, whatever. I'm like, oh, we're supposed to leave today. I had the We also wrong. had that happen with that escape, uh, the escape room. room for my birthday escape. or something. I told my friends about it last night, my friend Nancy. I planned to escape the room for all five of my siblings. I came to St. Louis for it, had it reserved, and it was the wrong day. Thank you. That is a perfect example. So yesterday, I thought that the Bernie sisters were playing down at Cooper's Landing. Cooper's Landing is a place where people from the country sit by the river and listen to honky tonk. <laughs> but the Bernie sisters are huge. They draw a huge crowd. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are touring across the country. They're from here, but... So I'm like, we got to get there early so we can park. And um, they're not really honky-tonk. They're something all their own. They're so good. So we're sitting mm -hmm. there and it's like time for the band to be setting up. And I'm watching like old men in really long gray hair and gray beards <laughs> set up like a drum set and like weird electric guitars. And I was like, that is not the setup of the, the sweet, sweet Bernie sisters. Oh, no. So it was just like two guys and the no shade to them. Gentlemen, you did a fine job. But it ended up not being the Bernie sisters. So we sat. So does that mean the Bernie sisters are playing another date that maybe I can come in town for? Yes, ma'am. They're playing on June the 4th. Okay. So I, uh, on the same line of thinking about my day yesterday at the river, my friend Nancy said a thing I have never heard before. <gasps> Girl, it is the cutest expression. I had never heard it. Did not know what it means. She said that someone she was speaking of was half a bubble off plum. Oh, my God. What? I've never heard it. So I'm today years old, too. What does it okay. mean? Oh, yeah. She's half a bubble off plum, but blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you need to go back to half a bubble off plum. Okay. So do you know what a, a level looks like? The ones that have liquid in them? A level that you use for construction. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know that a, a stud or a piece of wood or whatever is straight because the bubble will rest in the middle. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for the bubble to be off to the side. It's crooked. Bubbled, it means you're crooked. Okay. Plum is a word that means straight. And it's P-L-U-M-B. So half a bubble off plum means half of the bubble is to the left or the right, making it a little crooked. So they're not the sharpest tool in the shed. Oh my God. That's amazing. Isn't it though? That is a good one. I think that's a really good one. And she, my friend Nancy, like she's from Kansas city, like from the city. She's not a country girl. I don't know where she learned it, but I cannot wait it. to use that one. That is yeah. brilliant. Isn't it? So cute. I didn't know that plum with a B. I remember in the eight nineties there was like a 
band called Plum, like P-L-U-M-B. I don't know whatever really came of them, but I used to just be like, oh, they just spelt it weird. They just added a B. They just added a B. Do you have a today years old? Kind of. I don't know where I heard it. It's in my today years old. I have like this like long list of like when Mm -hmm. something comes in my head, I'm like, you know, put it in your notes on your phone. Yep. So I have it listed as harebrained. Like a harebrained idea? Oh, maybe. That's how so, I've heard that word. I don't know where I, what, what I was doing, what I, where I heard it, where I was compelled to put it in my notes. But there's this, um, I guess it's like a website, Instagram following kind of thing where it's like, you know, these really fancy hairstylists. And the, the, the tag and the website is harebrained, H-A-I-R-B-R-A-I-N-E-D. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought much about it, but I, I remember I was listening to a podcast and the guy said, yeah, it's kind of harebrained. I'm like, oh, it's not originally from this like hair stylist group. But then I Googled it and it's like (laughs) a harebrained, like ill judged, like not or rash or ill judged, but it's spelt hair like bunny, like H-A-R-E. Okay. First of all, I put in harebrained H-A-I-R and the first thing that came up was your hairstylist website. See, okay, so you're, okay. Uh, does so, and but I thought that the word harebrained, like foolish, yeah, a harebrained idea. I thought it was also spelled H A I R, but you are today years olding me that harebrained, as in foolish or absurd, is H A R E, like a rabbit, right? So then it's like, okay, so then this is a whole new thing. I literally thought harebrained was just like these hairstylists were just being really smart and just like came up with a really cool name for their website. And then I learned that harebrained is actually like a term. But then I learned another thing that it's spelt weird. So what does harebrained even mean? Like, and okay. how did it get its name? First of all, harebrained, the people that did your hair website people, that is really clever. Right? Yeah. But I just Googled harebrained, H-A-R-E, and it means from the 16th century, giddy or reckless from the common impression of a rabbit or a hare as being nervous or skittish. Oh, that makes sense. Because rabbits are real sort of yeah, psychotic. Yeah, yeah shaky, skittish. What are you doing? What are you doing with your eyes? Why are you hopping over there? That doesn't make any sense. Yes. Okay. Weird. So so you yeah. thought that Hairbrained was just the hair website. Yes. You learned it wasn't. And now we are both learning that it is H-A-R-E. Yeah. And what exactly, and where it came from too. Because these guys were in the podcast. They're like, yeah, that's a hair. That's kind of like, a, I guess, I think you did say hairbrained idea. And I'm like. Did you say harebrained? I'm gonna put that in my notes. Interesting good one. That is a good one, right? Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is a podcast where we talk about songs, and we talk about the lyrics of those songs, and we talk about what those lyrics might mean, what they mean to us, what they mean to other people, what they mean while there are church bells going off in the background, <laughs> and then we talk about what they really mean. And it's my turn to have a song, and I have a song, and this is a long time coming. I can't believe we're on episode 44, and I'm finally doing this song. We're on 44. Holy crap. We're on 44. Oh, my God. Can I guess? Yeah. I'm guessing that you're doing Losing My Religion. Wow. That would be in my top three of things that people would expect. So that's a very good choice. But okay. that's not the song. I'm going to do another guess. Are do you it. doing a Cure song? That would be in my top three songs that I would do. But that is not the one. <laughs> well, shoot. I guess I'm out. Okay, go ahead and do it. Oh, wait. Rainbow Kitten Surprise. That would be in the top four songs that I would do, but I'm not. <laughs> All right, give it to You're us. What... Such good guesses. This is the only. This is the next one you would think of. 
Okay. I am doing the Indigo Girls. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> that was your fourth choice. Yeah. What song? I am going to do their most well-known song for the melomaniacs that maybe only know this song. And this song is called Closer to Fine. Mm. Love this song. I want to so say much. the reason I decided to do this song right now. Mm-hmm. After Christine had her bladder gallbladder not her bladder i still have a regular bladder <laughs> you know after they take, took my gallbladder out that was on a wednesday and i had tickets to see the gallbladder <laughs> i'm leaving that in i'm not even editing that out i had tickets to see the gallbladders in concert <laughs> okay gallbladder comes out wednesday christine has tickets to see the indigo girls on saturday mm-hmm. whilst leaving the hospital in the car i tell dana i'm still going to that indigo girls concert mm-hmm Next day, discover that the Indigo Girls canceled their concert because of the COVID outbreak in the crew. So I'm just going to come out and say this. I am their biggest fan. Mm -hmm. They somehow know that. And Amy (laughs) looked over at Emily in their tour bus and said, you know what? If Christine Kiefer can't see the Indigo Girls, nobody can. (laughs) That's right. Here's a song called Closer to Fine. I'm trying to tell you something about my life. Maybe give me insight between black and white. The best thing you ever done for me is to help me take my life less seriously. It's only a life after all. Darkness has a hunger that's insatiable, and lightness has a call that's hard to hear. And I wrap my fear around me like a blanket. I sail my ship of safety till I sank it. I'm crawling on your shores. And I went to the doctor. I went to the mountains. I looked to the children. I drank from the fountains. There's more than one answer to these questions, pointing me in a crooked line. And the less I seek my source for some definitive, the closer I am to find. I went to see the doctor of philosophy with the poster of Rasputin and a beard down to his knee. He never did marry or see a B-grade movie. He graded my performance. He said he could see through me. I spent four years prostrate to the higher mind, got my paper, and I was free. I stopped by the bar at 3 a.m. to seek solace in a bottle or possibly a friend. And I woke up with a headache like my head against a board, twice as cloudy as I'd been the night before. And I went in seeking clarity. I went to the doctor. I went to the mountains. I looked to the children. I drank from the fountains. We go to the doctor. We go to the mountains. We look to the children. We drink from the fountain. Yeah, we go to the Bible. We go through the workout. We read up on revival. We stand up for the lookout. There's more than one answer to these questions, pointing me in a crooked line. And the less I seek my source for some definitive, the closer I am to find. Mm, 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 mm. I knew every lyric of that song. Like oh, I could have just followed along blindly. I didn't even need to read it. I'm going to go um, straight to listening to the song once we're done here. It is one of the most prominent songs. And one of those songs, like I, I did like a poll, the audience Facebook thing. I just wanted to like know what people's songs were that like changed their life or that they always revert back to when they're in a time of, distress or unknowing this is totally in the top five wow if you're when and there's numerous times me being someone that struggles from serious self-doubt and serious what the hell am i doing or who am i this song is one of those songs that you just go to and you're like 
I'm not alone. You, That's my interpretation of this song. It always has been. Even if you tell me it's a completely different thing, that's always will be. I go to this song and I'm like, I can go to the mountains. I can go to the fountains. I can go to the children. I can go to the Bible. I can do whatever I need to do. But at the same, all in all, I'm close. I'm fine. I'm closer to fine because I know that there's a higher, whatever you, however you interpret it. But for me, oh, I could go on forever. I'm so glad you chose this song. So good. Oh, Julia, I think you may have just nailed it. <gasps> I think you nailed it. And the podcast is now done. Okay. See you later. Have later. a good day. <laughs> I mean, okay. Let us. Wow. I'm so, mm. I'm so happy that this song makes you feel that way. Oh my God. It totally does. There's a bathroom on the right. What is your bathroom on the right? I thought it was, I, I seek my soul, not my source. Ah, the less I seek my source for some divinitive. And I keep saying divinitive like it's a V, but it's, it, it's an F. It's just hard to say it. D-E-F-I-N-I-T-I-V-E. Definitive. definitive. But I, I don't know. I like to say it with a V. <laughs> um, Yeah. You thought it was the less I seek my soul. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think, though, that the if you think about the word source, mm. it's because... She is looking to different sources for why am I here? What does the world mean? Is there a God? So the sources, quote, would be the doctor, the mountains, the children, Rasputin. And here I have the whole time. I'm like, I, I literally thought it was more when I seek my soul, all of my purpose and all of who I am. It just it just has to come from within. So I, I think that still is. But no, you still got what what the meaning is. You're still oh, okay. absolutely oh, okay. right. So, yeah, oh, I'm so, oh, that makes me so happy. I think it's, um, I really love the poetry of darkness has a hunger that's insatiable and lightness has a call that's hard to hear. So darkness and like sadness and hopelessness, it is like an insatiable mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. I mean, the things that bring you down, the things that you struggle with, they seem to stay with you and they're never full. They're always hungry. Darkness Why? is insatiable. It just keeps knocking on your door. Yes. While light has a gentler call that you have to really listen for. Oh. So I think it's really sort of, you know, this spiritual statement about we have to be quiet, you know, meditation, Buddhism, walking in the woods, whatever. You have to be quiet mm -hmm. to hear the lightness call because it's it's quieter than the unsatiable hunger. And I think that's that's so true. The quiet. I love that because so many times in my you know soul searching journey with all the self-help and books or whatever, I always revert back to. You need to just silence the thoughts that are in your head are not you. You need to silence them. You know, those. Yes. It, it, you need to silence and focus on the light and pay attention. It, it always reverts back to that like statement of calmness and silence. And yeah, that's like I think I've brought this up before. I have a sign in my guest bathroom. When you're sitting on the toilet, you can see a sign that says, don't believe everything you think. Yes, exactly. So yeah, like mm -hmm. your thoughts are not necessarily reality, all those dark thoughts, especially. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about a few other things in the lyrics. Yes. You know, I think this makes sense. I went to the doctor. Hey, do I need any depressants? Is there something wrong with me? I went to the mountains. You know, I climbed to the top of the mountains to get some kind of clarity. I look to children. Maybe children will give me some hope in the world. 
I drank from the fountains, which is sort of, you know, like a pilgrimage metaphor. Mm. And then I realized there's more than one answer. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to get to what the writers of this song exactly meant by that. But that right there is kind of their, at least Emily's who, who wrote this song, is what she was really focusing on. Like, all of these things can help me get through this crooked line. It's not a direct path, you know, nice. it's a crooked line of trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. And all of them can get me closer to fine. I had never before looked up Rasputin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They say, I went to see the doctor of philosophy with a poster of Rasputin and a beard down to his knee. Do you know who Rasputin is? I don't. And I'm really surprised that I've never really looked it up because there's a band called Rasputina. Ooh. And an old friend of mine was a huge fan of them. Well, that is interesting. Rasputina. So, yeah, no, I've never looked it up. What, who, what is Rasputin? Okay. So I looked it up today. His name is Grigory Rasputin, and he was a Russian mystic slash holy man. Hmm. And this is in the early 1900s, okay? So like 1900 to 1905 is when he's doing his thing. The emperor of Russia at the time named Nicholas II kind of asked Rasputin to be his like personal spiritual guide. Mm -hmm. And... He became really close with Emperor Nicholas and Empress Alexandra, his wife. They had a son named Alexei who had hemophilia, which is a bleeding disorder. And I can only imagine how they treated that in 1905. Okay. I'm thinking like leeches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So Rasputin was a healer and, and they believed that his presence and his prayer was healing Alexei. Hmm. They thought he was a prophet. Unfortunately, he was assassinated by some folks that were conservative people that were rising up against Alexandra and Nicholas. So because he was involved with royalty, he kind of caught up, got caught up in some political shit. So he was assassinated. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the point is, when the Indigo Girls say that they went to see a doctor of philosophy who had a poster of Rasputin on the wall... Mm. Uh, that would make sense because he was, you know, a spiritual mystic. So that's who that is. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Interesting. There is one line in this song that I, I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. I can't believe it. Oh, okay. There is one word in this song that I have been getting wrong. Oh, interesting. One word. Yep. This is only one word I didn't know, and it's we read up on revival. Yeah, we go to the Bible, we go through the workout, we read up on revival, we stand up for the lookout. I thought they said we read up on the Bible, like they repeated Bible again. Yes. Uh-huh. Read up on revival. I did not know that. I thought it was we read up on the Bible. Yeah, same. I think I thought the same thing or I just mumbled it. I don't I don't think I knew it was revival. I don't yeah. know. That's a, that's a bathroom on the right that I did not expect to find. I did not expect to find a bathroom on the right <laughs> in an Indigo Girl song. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about these queens. Queens. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Indigo Girls consists of two lovely ladies named Amy Ray and Emily Saliers. And they are both from a little town outside the area of Atlanta. But basically people say they're from Atlanta. 
They met in elementary school. Can you believe that? Wow. Yes. And weren't necessarily besties, but when they got to high school, they started performing together around Atlanta. And they went by the B band, which is, I don't know. Why'd you do that, guys? I don't know what the B band is. (laughs) And then they went by Sailors and Ray, which are their last names. That wasn't a very good choice either, ladies, but that's okay. You're figuring it out. Uh, They were performing under those names. Until they got to college and they were performing at Emory University and they finally were under the name Indigo Girls. In 1987, girl, 1987, (gasps) they released their first album called Strange Fire. Mm -hmm. And they got with a major record company, which was Epic Records in 1988. Can you believe that? 1987. Wow, that is insane. By 1985, they had begun performing together on um, all around Atlanta under the name Indigo Girls. And they found their name by pretty much opening up the dictionary and finding a cool word. That's what uh, Amy said in an interview in 1985. So whatever. Cool. Indigo Girls. Thank you for that. All right. So they got with Epic Records. In 1988, and I think what's interesting is that Epic Records had signed some amazing women. You might have heard of some of these. Suzanne Vega, Mm -hmm. Tracy Chapman, and Natalie Merchant slash 10,000 Maniacs. So they slid right into the Epic Records genre attachment that was happening at that time. Perfect timing. Mm -hmm. They came out with another album called Indigo Girls. And on that album was the song Closer to Fine. Okay, I'm about to tell you the craziest thing about the Indigo Girls that I didn't know. It's crazy. It's sad. It's funny. It's shocking. Oh my gosh. Okay. They were nominated in 1990 as the best new artist at the Grammys. Best new artist, 1990 Grammys. Okay. Okay, I want to make sure you are sitting down. You don't have any sharp objects in your hand. Seated. You're not about to take a drink. Your heart, your heart, you don't have a heart condition. I'm ready. I'm going to tell you who won instead of the Indigo Girls. Millie fucking Vanilli. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did they end up getting the award after the fact? Because everything was taken away from Millie Vanilli. Everything was taken away from Millie Vanilli, but it was not then handed off to the Indigo Girls. It was like, well, that year was a wash. There wasn't a runner-up? I don't, well, I don't know if they do that, if they have runner-ups. They should. Oh, my gosh. Girl, don't you know it's true? (laughs) Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I love you. I mean, I just want to say this. The Indigo Girls are such remarkable women because if it was anybody else they would have been like rioting the building of the grammy people yeah the nigga girls were like that's cool that's cool we'll get ours later we're cool because they are amazing right. Vanilli won best new artist over the indigo girls and i oh my god want a way back machine to change it wow Yep. How long? I wonder how long after the, we should probably do a Millie Vanilli song just for the controversy of what happened after the fact. I'll. We should. I think Ooh. that should be a song we do. That's a good idea. Because there's a lot to unpack there with Millie Vanilli. 
Melomaniacs, if you don't know anything about Millie Vanilli, well, you're 10 years old. You but, need to do that because you probably know more than me. All I know is uh, they, okay. I mean, they faked it. They were lip syncing. They lip sync. Yep. They faked it all. There is a lot because I think after the fact there was some stuff and I think there might have been some suicide death with one of the members. There was some Ooh. stuff. There's a lot. There's a lot. Okay. Um, okay. The Indigo Girls did win for best contemporary folk recording. But let's Ooh. just be honest here for a minute. They don't show that part on the Grammys. No. You know, there's no. stuff they don't show because it's not cool. Nobody cares so, about contemporary folk. Nobody cares about contemporary folk, even though, I mean, if that's what you want to classify the Indigo Girls music as, okay. I mean, I have a hard time with classifying music. Like, what kind of music do you like? I don't like that question. I don't. Do, do people ask that anymore? I don't think they ask that anymore. I hope not. I mean, I don't think it. I haven't been asked that in ages, and I haven't asked like it in a, ages. It's like a dating question. Yeah, that's why I, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's a question for single people. <laughs> I think contemporary, if you have contemporary in the title of your genre, you're most likely going to be played on an elevator or in a Walgreens. Yeah, it's not. At very that moment, not after the fact, like you're, present day. You're coming right out, going right to the elevator. You're right. Mm -hmm. You don't have a, a waiting period until you're, you know, bare naked ladies one week and it's catchy. Like when your album comes out, you're on the elevator. If you're then you're a contemporary artist, if that's the case. No that's offense to Indigo Girls. I don't think that they're contemporary because I don't hear them on the elevator or in a grocery store. No, no. Okay, so they're an exception. Yeah. Okay. I want to dive a little bit deeper. There is an article by a woman named Kelly McCartney, and she wrote okay. this fantastic tribute to the song Closer to Fine in 2019 because it was the 30 year anniversary of the song what the Whoa. actual rock wow that's and insane I, okay I can't, I can't so i just want to read a little bit about what she said because okay. i think she said it better than me better than <laughs> i could better than i have better than i will <laughs> so they write separately which is a little thing i'd like to let y'all know they write separately oh. and then they come together and decide how to put stuff together i didn't know that yeah i didn't know that either so here's what Kelly said. Their voices joined together is where the magic happens. Carefully yet intuitively, they arrange harmonies that bob and weave throughout a collaboration with Ray providing Sailor's buoyancy. So, okay, those are fancy words. Here's the thing. Amy has a deeper, raspier voice. Amy's the brunette. And mm -hmm. she'll be the, the lower voice you'll hear on their songs. And Emily, the redhead blonde, Emily Sailor's, her voice can go very, very high. So the fact that they came together with these like very opposite voices, they knew and know how to use that. Also, Amy seems to do more of the rhythm guitar where Emily can kind of, she can shred some strings. Okay. So they okay. are coming together with some different talents. Okay. Do you say, do people say that shred the strings on a guitar? Did I make that up? I don't know. I don't know, but I thought it was very smart and, and like rather unexpected of you, for me to hear you say. So, oh, bravo. and that is that isn't even in the article. I just made it up. <gasps> yeah, See? thank you I very much. My case. I rest my case. So Emily said about Closer to Fine. I was sitting on a porch in Vermont while vacationing with my family. I had just graduated from college and was ruminating in a world of academia that seems fraught with seemingly 
sure-footed answers that often fail to be full. She's really smart. That's she a smart is. sentence. Yeah, mm-hmm. smarty pants. Smarty pants. Once again, that questioning spirit comes barreling through. And, and then, okay, I should have said unquote, because the writer of this article says, her questioning spirit comes barreling through as she turns over every rock from the insight of the sages to the council of children, understanding mm. that the most complete answer to anything is never under just one of them. The lyrical resolution, the less I seek my source for some divinitive, the closer I am to find, is a testament to the spiritual notion that we each have all the truth and wisdom we need right here inside of us. And the more we look for it outside of ourselves, the further we get from it. Mm. Julie Kiefer said that at the beginning. Oh my God. And it's so mystical in a way because you I'm, I'm currently watching this documentary on I think Hulu about cult guru woman um, Teal Swan and people seek these higher powers and they look to other people to answer all of their questions for them and then they end up sucked in because they're vulnerable and they either end up in a worse position than they were before and how they get out of it typically is they have to have someone check them and be like, you got to find it from yourself. And then I heard someone really, really compelling sentence. This cult specialist said there's a difference between a cult and like a religion or like something that's safe. Cult leaders will have you, you have to seek that inner power from them, like a a specific person, religion, something that's safe. You seek a higher power from outside of your realm, not anybody in particular. It's whether yourself or it's not, it's not a particular person. So you're not, which is interesting. It's kind of, I don't know if that ties in, but you, yeah, people tend to be lost and vulnerable and they seek a higher power from, or they're looking for answers or, you know, they're looking for a source for the, you know, and they find, they think they find it elsewhere and yeah. Sometimes you have to just yeah. speak directly to your own source. Even like in the religion we were raised in, which was Catholicism, we mm-hmm. certainly had priests and I went to Catholic school and I was taught by some really fantastic nuns. Like I really had a great education. Mm-hmm. There was never a feeling of I am the way to truth. The priest right. or the nun. They mm-hmm. were like, let me help you get closer to God or let me help you get closer to spirituality in some way. But they did not hold themselves up as the person that you would worship. They mm-hmm. didn't hold themselves out as better than us. That was my right. experience. I know other people might have a different one. Mm-hmm. But to have like a channel that helps you get there, you know, monks and priests and Rasputins of the world. Right. They help us get there. But they don't ask you to look to them mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. This woman, uh, this author said, Closer to Fine is so much more than just a folk song. It is joy, hope, and validation. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of artistic lightning in a bottle that everyone hopes to capture and very few do. The Indigo Girls have played it a thousand times at every concert since its release, eventually elevating it to the show closer status. Oh, yeah. And that iconic Penny Whistle solo It's been performed on fiddle, recorder, banjo, accordion, and more over the past 30 years. Oh, my gosh. Closer to fine is that little ditty that could and does every time Mm -hmm. for everyone. Goosebumps. Goosebump time. (laughs) Um, I have a little bit more. Closer to fine or any song really with Amy and Emily during their shows is a chance to soak up moments of a certain kind of joy that I don't get to see very often. 
This is from singer-songwriter Lucy Wainwright Roach, who has done some vocals with them. Mm. She said, the connection that they have with their audience and the love and happiness that the crowd is beaming back at them is priceless. And it's just so special, just like they are. I especially enjoy seeing people who seem like they might normally be shy, singing along and giving into their love of that song, connecting again with whatever it has meant to them over the years. And here, I'm going to say something. Emily is so freaking smart that I have two today years olds in her in her quote because she used two words that I didn't know the meaning to. So oh, I love it. I just want to say maybe maybe this was not um, clear at the beginning. I have probably seen the Indigo Girls live 30 times mm-hmm. beginning in 1991, maybe. Mm-hmm. And what they just said about the shows is so true. There's nothing like it. I, I agree. And I've seen them a couple times. I think I've only seen I've only seen them with you, but that's true. They don't know their songs. I mean, it's compelling. Amy gave a quote that is so smart. I had to have a today years old and look up two words. Here is um, not Amy, Emily. Here is the quote from Emily. OK. All of my songs, there's a combination of real experience and what I observe through other people's behavior and experience. I was with my family in Vermont and we were sitting in this rustic cabin. I was sitting on a front porch and looking out into the trees, which, you know, whenever you're in such a bucolic setting. Okay. Thank you. It is spelled B-U-C-O-L-I-C. And I looked up the pronunciation. It appears to, to be bucolic. And that word means relating to the pleasant aspects of the countryside and country life. How specific. You are a genius and a queen. <laughs> you are a lady and a scholar. Okay. So she was in a bucolic setting. It oh, makes man. you feel philosophical. So that's how I was feeling. And that song is about not beating yourself up too hard to get your answer from one place. There is no, here's another one, panacea. What? There is no panacea. A panacea is a solution or remedy for all difficulties or diseases. Very specific yet again. I just listened to a podcast about Mensa, you know, that club for smarty pants. No. You heard of it? Okay. Mensa, no. look it up. It's a it's a club for people with high IQs. Okay. And it's weird. I don't know. I wonder if Emily is in it just based on this sentence. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to finish the sentence. All right. So you're in a bucolic place, which is a countryside, and the song is not beating yourself up. There is no panacea, and which would mean one place to solve all problems. In order to be balanced or feel closer to fine, it is okay to draw from this or to draw from that, mm-hmm. to draw from a bunch of different sources. So it is about being confused, but looking for the answers. And in the end, knowing that you're going to be fine, no seeking of just one definitive answer. You are going to be fine. Mic drop. Excuse me while I go sit outside in my bucolic countryside home and Mm -hmm. think about the fact that there is no panacea to solve all my problems. 